Welcome to Fucking Candyland, hosted by Rampage and Gemini. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our first episode. We are so excited. Yes, welcome to Lick It Like a Lollipop. I'm so stoked. So for those that know us, we are looking to explore further into spirituality, into taboo topics, conspiracy theories, the unpopular opinions, and just really giving our insights, our wisdom. Don't take anything that we say to heart or take it personable, but we definitely want to explore the topics that other people won't talk about. Yeah. And also I think share our opinions on things. So just like you're saying, not to take things too personal, something that we say, sometimes you may not agree with, but still have the peace and presence of that's somebody else's opinion. You got to deal with it sometimes. (laughs) And I think it's a good thing to get an insight into who we are as people. And one of the most important topics that we want to explore today is ethics and the ethics of spiritual practitioners. Absolutely. And also piggybacking off of that, we've been talking about scammers lately, dude. I could go on a tangent on that today. Well, let's just start by saying that if you don't see your spiritual practitioner doing the work themselves, then it's going to be really hard for them to help you gain clarity or insight. And so one thing that I see as a trend in the spiritual community is people who are healing or providing services think that they are healed or that they're perfect or everything they do is right. And we really want to shed light onto that, that that's just not the case. This is a journey. There is no destination. And so when coming to a practitioner or coming into contact with one, you really have to be discerning. Yeah. And to like do research before you're booking appointments with people. And just like you're saying, they have to be doing the work and working on healing themselves. Healers should be not just showing you positive, like bubblegum posts. They should be showing you like ups and downs that they go through and like triumphs that they're having in classes that they're taking or ways that they're expanding. Like You should be researching and vetting practitioners before you order services from anybody, which again, going into that whole scammer thing, there are a lot of people who go out and try to offer readings and pretend to be certain people. And that's why you have to like actually pay attention to pages and to journeys and posts and things like that. And looking on websites and reading reviews before just booking appointments because someone tells you that they have a gift and you're desperate. And I think that right now in the collective, it has been trendy to be spiritual or trendy. And I think this was happening in the beauty industry across the last like five to 10 years. I noticed that when permanent makeup came out, then everybody was doing permanent makeup. Then when lashes came out, everybody was doing lashes. So I think in the spiritual community, there's a lot of jealousy, competition, and a trend 
to want to do something because it's working for other people, not because the person actually has a passion for it. So we just want to emphasize that you have to really be honest with yourself when connecting with spiritual practitioners, because a real practitioner is never going to solicit you ever. Oh, that's so true. And there are people who aren't scammers who just say that they're practitioners and they go out in people's DMs and people are like, well, it's a legitimate person. So it must be a good reading. Um, anybody that has to go out and seek your energy because you don't naturally gravitate towards them does not have good intentions. I will say that in the past, I have been called to connect with someone, but I never put that onto them. Like, okay, I want to connect with you now pay me. But like, if I come to you and I feel called to give you a message or spirit wants me to reach out to you, then I'm going to do that for free. Like it's going to be for free. And I don't do that often, but I will say for anyone who is listening, I have connected with people spiritually driven and out of my control, but I never once solicit them for money or ask them for anything. And that's the difference is that you're naturally going out and saying, Hey, like I have a connection towards you. Do you mind if I give you my time, my energy, my service, all you have to do is just be open to that. But when you're asking people for money and you're going in their inbox, like, Hey, I'd love to share my gift with you. You want to give me 40 bucks? Exactly. And I think right now it's like the same thing that happened in the beauty industry there's this wave of spiritual practitioners that are making, you know, six figures. Like I know several that in the last three years have went from day jobs to Teslas. And I think that that is the puppies and rainbows side of this because you on the outside looking in, don't know what that person actually went through, what that person actually, you know, transmuted to be able to do that in such a big fashion. And I think people see it as like, wow, they are making money on that. I want to make money on that. And they don't have good intentions for their clients or really any ethics. Like they've, they're, you know, self-taught Googling, whatever. And like, that's cool to teach yourself. But then again, I have spent countless hours doing classes just to further my practice. And I think that if the person you're working with isn't actively working on themselves, it's just going to be a dead end reading because they're going to be projecting onto you. I agree with that. And I do agree that that goes back into the ethics thing of those people shouldn't even be offering services to other people at all. Like, I feel like if your goal is, oh, I want to be a spiritual healer or advisor because I just want to make a bunch of money, you're, they're never even going to end up being par- prosperous in the long run anyways, because that's not a pure intention. And that's not an intention of, I want to share spirit and continuity of life. And that's like, I want to put your money in my pockets and get rich. And I think that that even routes back to people who have really beautiful talents, like say they're an artist or a musician. If your only goal is to get rich or your only goal is to make money, you're in your ego, you're in a lower vibration and spirit does not respond to that because anything that's material in this realm can be taken away. But a spiritual journey or an artistic journey, 
those things are for your soul. And I think that that's something I want to emphasize is that the people who really are going to make it in this industry or who really have good intentions, they would do it on trade or barter or for free at the end of the day. And I think that the people who have that higher calling will stand the test of time. And the people who think it's popular or cute or funny are just going to fall away naturally. So I will encourage anyone and everyone listening, buy your own tarot deck, but don't start offering services through Instagram the next day. Like buy your own deck, spend many years or days with that deck, learn that deck, decode it for yourself before offering it for money. It's cool to give your friend or your cousin a reading, but don't be out here soliciting people or, you know, starting a business on a whim when you're doing it for the wrong reasons. I agree with that. I think though, if it is your calling, then it will happen quickly. Like I'm not saying like that you could in six months, not start a business, but it's just like, if it's your calling and that's your destiny, it's a spiritually driven activity. It's a spiritually driven concept. It's not a money, human, egotistical concept. And I think so many people see others living their literal best life and they want a piece of that pie. But it's like honing in on your own gifts is the process. Well, yeah, you should have already been doing it for yourself and be at a place where you've healed your, I wouldn't say completely healed yourself, but you've been healing yourself with having this gift and been able to affect positively the people around you. And that it's at a point where you're living your spiritual truth every fucking day in the way that you look, the way you dress, the way that you communicate with other people. And that you're at a point now where now you can start giving readings to other people. But I agree with you 100%. You shouldn't just be jumping in and trying to make, it shouldn't be about a business in the beginning anyways. It shouldn't be, oh, I want to do this. Like you did your readings for free on your stuff before you ever were charging anybody. And I was doing readings on the side and starting to do them on the podcast and giving away free readings on lives on Facebook and stuff like that. So like there should be a natural progression and it should never be a money motivated thing. I know you and I trade our services to get nails done, tattoos, like we give it back in, in a creative aspect. And the cool thing is about the tattoo comment is when I started connecting with my tattoo artist, we like grew up together. We knew each other, but the spiritual journey really brought us to a new level. And now that's one of my best friends. And like, I just couldn't even imagine my life without that person. So when you trust spirit, they're going to lead you where you can do the most good, where you can elevate the most. And I think anybody who's starting a spiritual journey or in their spiritual awakening, the best thing that you can do is dive deep into what your inner child and your inner teen wanted because that's where you're going to find your purpose like my inner teen wanted to be the weirdo and wanted to you know stand out and get the tattoos and and just be weird as fuck and my family was like you ain't doing that so here I am 30 years old being weird as fuck but at the end of the day this is me like this was who I was hiding from and I think that if anybody wants to start a spiritual um practice 
get in tune with it for your own highest good. Get in tune with it for your own family, your own surroundings, because when you make the focus your environment versus money or fame or success, but you make it working through your environmental issues and concepts, you will go next level. Like inevitably you will go next level because like attracts like and working with the law of attraction or manifestation, it's only going to work if you're doing the work. Like you can't buy your way through this journey. You can't like put a price tag on it either. So money shouldn't even be in the factor really at all. It should be serving your life purpose. To be honest with you, when you're working on your spiritual journey, you shouldn't be thinking about the money that you're trying to input. You should be working, thinking about the money you're trying to output, going to classes, investing in um, spiritual growth and like local community things. If you have access to that, finding tools that work for your practice, researching books that are going to be aligned with the kind of spiritual practice that you want, like making money shouldn't even be a, uh, like your forefront thought that should be an after thing that comes when you are finally at a spot where you can help other people. And so with the trend that's happening now is everyone collectively is in the grand awakening. So even the people who are fighting to stay asleep are being forced and triggered and pulled in a new direction. And some of them are kicking and screaming and fighting the whole damn way. And they may be on the last train home, but the people who really want it, spirit will make it happen. Like if your goal is to elevate your spirit, they will do anything and everything in their cosmic power to lead you and guide you. And I think it's a really cool concept to want to help others But the fact of the matter is, baby, you can't save nobody without saving yourself. You have to focus on your own journey. And I think that's where the shift between the people who really want to heal and the people who want to do it because it's trendy. Doing anything for the trend. I just can't fucking relate. Honestly, I like to stand out. I like to do things that other people are not doing. So it kind of grinds my gears because it seems that there's this new age wave of the the sleepers that want to hate on the people who are trying to help others wake up. Well, and that goes into something that I was just talking about this morning is um, the people who are sharing their gifts and their practice as a way to like judge other people or be negative towards other people and shame how somebody does something. I'm sorry, you and I come at our practice from two different ways. We have the same, and we talk about this, we have the same intention with things, but we do things from completely separate ways. And not one time will you ever have one of us knock the other. You might say, oh, I do it like this. And you know, there's this mentor that might be able to teach you this different way, but there is never like a negative, or I'm going to knock you for the way that you practice or what you believe. And you shouldn't be surrounding yourself with anybody who has that kind of approach or following creators who give that kind of approach or putting your like and your energy into all those negative kinds of things that you're seeing on your feed that are just going to keep recycling that bullshit energy. Well, and really, I think it's the souls who aren't really trying to do the work and they sure as hell don't want to help anyone else do the work that are hating because I've seen so many people they are like, yeah, you know, every girl gets the Amazon tarot cards and now they're a psychic. And I'm like, for one, no, like 
no, that's not really true. Like you're just, you're picking on a group of people who are using a tool that is ancient. Divination is ancient. Tarot cards have been around for a very long time. So the fact that it's making its rounds is because we're all reincarnating to do that. Like, you know, most people that are buying the tarot cards now probably had plenty of past lives where they were a witch or a healer or did some type of form of divination. But as history has progressed, we have been robbed of our spiritual abilities and our spiritual knowing that every single person walking this planet possesses. And if we're all coming from the exact same consciousness and we're all just tapped into different ways, you're going to end up picking something up that somebody else tells you about that maybe you didn't know about. Just like if there's a fucking local restaurant and everybody has to eat and you say, oh, this is working for me. Other people are going to start going there too. So if that's just something that we need, like we need to all be on the same energy field with the same point of trying to spend, spread the same kinds of messages and tap into the same kinds of energies and, and do all the things to like elevate and move on to the next lifetime. And if you really are tapping in, you don't necessarily need any extra tools like cards or a pendulum or anything like that. It's like the cards teach you to trust yourself. They teach you to trust spirit, to trust your higher self. And I think that when you develop that relationship with your higher self, that all the tools are just that, like they're tools. Like I don't need the cards to get the messages. I just like the cards. My inner child in particularly likes the cards. They're pretty, they're flashy. I buy neon cards. Like I do things that represent my younger self. And I think that so many people that are on the internet throwing shade onto this movement are the ones who are here to try to block the blessings of the collective. Like those are the ones to keep our vibration down. I think that a tarot, tarot deck to a psychic to a reader is the same thing as a microphone to a musician. They don't need the microphone in order to do what their craft is, but it helps to project that out to the audience so that everybody's able to hear that message. And cards there are photos on cards that connect to somebody that you're directly reading. There's an energy that comes up when you are shuffling the deck for somebody that opens up a different pathway and helps to bring that message to them in a way that they're going to hear it. And I think that is so true because the more that you use these tools, the closer your connection becomes with your clients and your community and those people that are listening. And I do feel like right now, anyone who wants to step into their power, like the portal is open, like the 222 portal is open. So any inspired action that you can put into yourself or into your journey is going to be amplified and matched by the universe right now. We are collectively getting an upgrade and the people who want to hold on to the past, you know, are the people that still think high school was their best days or whatever. It's like the people that just refuse to let go of the past and move forward. And those are the people that will stay miserable. There will be no changing those people. And there's really no need to worry about those people. Like do what works for you right now, because that's what we're being introduced to information and technology and tools that can help us 
serve our sole purpose. Like ultimately we have confused our sole purpose with our work and thinking that we must make money on our sole purpose. And that is just not true. That's something I really want to emphasize to everyone is your sole purpose may just be being a good parent or a good friend or, you know, being kind. Like your sole purpose doesn't have to involve some extravagant, you know, detailed situation. Your sole purpose can be very simple and something that you will never make money on. But people have created this blockage equating money to success and fulfillment and destiny. And that's just not true. Well, I think that it's, it, sometimes it comes from this selfish mentality of someone thinking that their sole purpose is to elevate their own selves. When in reality, someone's sole purpose can be to nurture somebody else that's close by them because that person has gifts that are going to take them somewhere. And so that's where we talk all the time you and I, and like just in the spiritual community in general, that you have to stick your ego off to the side because your ego is the one who's always constantly money motivated and focused on just you doing something instead of, it's okay to have like huge dreams and huge goals and be putting in work because let's be honest, you and I are like fucking content (laughs) all the time, always doing something. But at the end of the day, the whole purpose behind it is affecting people around us so they can go out there and live their best lives and do their best things. So really, even when we're doing things to elevate ourselves, it's always to be able to reach a bigger audience, to be able to have a bigger effect on the whole collective and the consciousness. My favorite way to see myself is like, I'm the coach and the cheerleader, but you got to be the player. Like, baby, you got to get in there and play and do what you got to do. Because even like with readings, um, we can tell you everything under the sun that's going to help you. But if you get off that call and don't do a damn thing and you don't listen or you don't actually have the awareness to process, it's not going to help you. And you can hear it again and again. And that's the thing about spirit that people don't realize the same message will literally come in from every avenue under the sun until you get the message. And people like to think that psychics are predicting your future, but really we are showing you the higher type, like higher type of timeline, the highest and best timeline that's available to you. But if you don't tap into that timeline, you will be in the same position that you've always been in. And so when people want me to justify my gifts or services to them, I just instantly know they're coming from a place of ego. It's like, okay, I'll invest in Rihanna and I'll buy her makeup and her clothes. But when it comes to investing in my own gifts or abilities or putting in my own time and effort, can't do it, won't do it. I'm going to tell Rihanna happy birthday. And that's what's wrong with our collective right now. Like that's what's wrong with a lot of people is they're living vicariously through celebrities and whoever that literally newsflash, these people do not care about you. They don't even know you exist. And the people that do know you exist are the people that you need to be healing and growing with and supporting. And that's what's going to get you further. And I feel like The internet has brought so much connection and so much information that it's almost overload. So the people who want to stay asleep just find a distraction or an outlet to stay asleep. 
I agree. I also think that there are people who are going to get readings that are going to be like, I need to know from the psychic what's about to be coming up in my life. And you can say something, you can be like, oh, well, there's going to be like a move on the horizon. And Cindy's sitting on her couch, like, when am I moving? When am I moving? And doesn't look at houses, does nothing, doesn't find out where they should be moving to. And so that goes into, you know, checking what your intentions are also before you're trying to get readings and figure out what your next step is. If you know damn well you don't plan on taking a step because anything that spirit says is just what is available to you if you decide to tap in and start making changes and start directing yourself and I think that like a psychic or a medium what they're really giving to you is like a blueprint it's like a blueprint and there's a lot of avenues and routes that you can take and some routes will be more difficult and some easier but if you're willing to put the effort and just go into the direction of your soul's calling you will be met with resistance and obstacles and setbacks because spirit's not just going to hand it to you because you made a couple steps in the right direction they're going to test you they're going to try you and I think one thing for me is technology has been such an asset, but every time I sat down to do certain things, I would feel defeated. I would feel like, wow, I have a really great message, but it doesn't look aesthetically pleasing, or it doesn't look aesthetically the way I pictured it to be. And I think sometimes you just got to move. You just got to move. And I think I am learning to surrender and just relay the information, even if it doesn't turn out the way that I thought it would just doing it anyways and showing up anyways, which shows the universe and shows the higher um, calling that's within you that you're willing to do the work, that you're willing to set in the obstacles and instead of complaining, figure out a solution to get out of that obstacle. Yeah, not having a woe is me mentality. By the way, you literally wrote the blueprint for me, spoke it to me and here the fuck we are a year and a half later doing a podcast together. And I would have had no idea when I got a reading with you that it was going to blossom into not only, you know, you saying like, you're going to be sharing your voice and your story, but that that was going to turn into us both doing that. And us like having the friendship that we have. And I, I love this. Well, I think that a lot of people have mental blockages around meeting new people, around collaborating with people uh, and vulnerability in that because almost immediate surroundings are not your support system. Like the people you grew up with, the people you went to high school with, your own cousins and family, those are not your support system. Those are not the people that are going to take you next level. It's strangers. It's the people that you never would have expected to connect with or people that, you know, kind of just fell out of the blue into your life that end up changing you the most. And that's how I feel like with my mentor, if it wasn't for her three and a half years ago, I would have felt very alone, but she gave me community. She opened me up to a community. And once I saw that, my exclusive goal was to open community to, to my immediate connections and to connect people in a way that was purpose driven. And when I met with Diana the first time, it wasn't about, you know, me telling her, well, what you're doing is wrong, or you need to do it this way, or that's not good enough. It was just like, look, 
this is what spirit says is available to you, but you got to put in the work. Have a good day. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, <laughs> do it this way or it's wrong. Because when we try to be too specific with our route, we are met with more resistance. But when we surrender to the higher plan and just go with it, even when it's hard, even when it doesn't make sense, that's when you're really making the most progress. Because surrender is one of the biggest virtues to learn in this human journey because we are a soul having this human experience and our soul is eternal and our soul has a lot of fears and wisdom and different things from all of these light times and I think the one thing that I could point anybody into the direction of is healing and helping other people heal in that process and we all have a voice we all have a message and those messages help people more than you know and I think that sometimes people's messages that they need to do and this goes back to like your sole purpose like sometimes your purpose is just to have a certain message for people that you come in contact with and helping them find out what their own path is and I think that the more people who are purpose-driven versus success-driven will be led to their highest calling. Like one thing I like to emphasize to spirit is even though there's certain things that I want, I'm cool with waiting for those things. I'm cool with surrendering. I'm cool with being patient. Like I'm not rushing the process. Like if I know I want something and I want it for the right reasons, like genuine reasons, they will make it happen for me. Like they're going to make it happen. It's not going to happen on the timeline that my ego has created. And I've had a lot of people speak fear into my timeline because it hasn't happened yet. Or, you know, they don't see the physical manifestation, but I am the only person who can feel the spiritual manifestation of it. And I don't need anyone else to see it, to know that it's going to happen. So one thing that you have to do is be okay with being doubted because so many people do not trust their spirit and they do not trust their higher self and they're in bed with their fears and their ego and you will not tell them otherwise. And so when you're living pur purposefully, they don't like that. It triggers them. Their spirit is triggered by that. Well, that's because so many people are stuck in this matrix that they have to be doing something a certain kind of way. I'm sorry, nothing has to make sense and be uniform. We're literally on a floating rock in space and you have no idea what's beyond this planet, what's going on. Like you don't know exactly why you were put here and you're stuck in the day-to-day -day thinking that what you are supposed to be doing is going to spend thousands of dollars at school and be in debt and then go and have jobs that you hate where people talk about you behind your back and you judge everybody else around you because you refuse to surround yourself with people who actually support and love you. And of course, you're not going to find your path. So then I'm always like, who is, I don't give a fuck about people's opinions anymore because Nobody has their own shit figured out. And the people that I've always looked up to have always had their own insecurities that they've had to battle through. And I know that everybody is an incomplete being trying to find their path. So it's not for me to judge what you have going on in the same aspect. It's not for you to judge what I have going on, because even if someone was going to do the exact same thing that I was going to do, they're not going to do it the way that I'm going to do it. And they're not going to have the same purpose with it the way that I'm going to have the purpose with it.
And I think that's really key about another topic that we wanted to discuss, which is gatekeeping in the spiritual community, in all communities. And I understand that people spend years and years of time in practice. So when newbies or whatever come in, they want to gatekeep the information that they have spent a long time accumulating. Okay, cool. But how does that really help you? Does that really serve a greater purpose for you to gatekeep something that could help someone else that would then in turn create that ripple effect of healing and support in the community and in the collective? And so I think that's really important to realize that if you are a veteran in any subject, find someone that you can mentor, find someone that you can teach, find someone that you can elevate their life. There are so many men and women in this world that did not have role models or parental figures or siblings or, you know, people that supported them. And I promise you, you will change the trajectory of your karma if you go into this with selfless service on your mind. Because Sure, you could teach something to someone that they could never repay you, but then 20 years later, something that you showed them changes the world. And I think that that's what's really important right now is not gatekeeping the information or judging people's progress or judging your own progress, but spreading the information as it's available and as it's relevant. Because gatekeeping information isn't, a vibe. There's also, I had somebody who I read that was in another country and she had to use a friend's cash app because they didn't have a way for her to pay me directly. She said that they're not allowed to have certain types of books and that their internet is restricted. And so they can't even search certain kinds of topics. So when there are people saying like, oh, you need to research that you need to Google that this girl is in tears because she's like, I don't have that option. I can't get things here. Like they don't let us have like metaphysical stores and things like that. I don't know what to do. And I was able to get her in touch with somebody who was able to ship her stuff. And I was able to, um, to help her with some things, but I think that it's also a very, um, I think it's a very entitled answer and like a privileged answer to tell people that they need to research things on their own or that you're not going to help them with things. And I'm not saying that it has to be for free because we, you and I get a lot of messages from people of like, can I ask you a free question? No, but I do have this available on my site. So if this is something that like you want to invest in, neither one of our services are so expensive that you can't go in there and do that. If you're buying yourself Starbucks every day, you just got to not buy Starbucks for a week and book an appointment, you know, and that's what caffeinate or elevate. Yeah. That's what I told you before is so many people are willing to go drop $80 on food or makeup or shoes or whatever that feeds their ego or their appearance or their convenience. But when it comes to paying for a spiritual practitioner's time, all of a sudden that's not in the budget and I don't get paid for two weeks. Well, that's so weird because those are the same people going to concerts all the time, doing this, traveling. And okay, if that's your priority, cool. But don't come for me and make me feel guilty or try to make me feel some type of way because you don't want to pay for my services. And I'll be honest, like 
if you've had a service with me, then you know this, you basically become a friend and you probably have my number or you know how to get a hold of me directly. And then simple like questions like, hey, I meditated and this happened. What do you think? Not will my twin flame come back for me energy. It's like, if I see the questions about self-growth or about meditation or numbers or something that I think will be a catalyst for you, I'll answer it. No problem. But that's not to strangers. That's the people who's already invested in my business prior. Even if the reading was only a $15 reading, I still remember that we've connected before. And so I do help you with the breadcrumbs, but I'm not going to give you the whole loaf of bread and make you a sandwich and then feed it to you. You know what they could do though, if they really got to know about their twin flame, they could go and order your new Oracle cards. They could sit there, they could pull a couple cards for their twin flame readings. You could start learning and educating your own self on how to check in with your twin flame with her cards. I'm just saying, then you have unlimited abundance and answers because you can just tap in with your own energy and learn. So Paige is out here just providing you with the most. Literally, my Oracle deck is called You Are the Oracle. It's a 78 card deck. It's out now for pre-order on my website. And this deck really will help you tap in with the non toxic dynamic of the twin flame journey the twin flame journey can be very toxic when it's two ego driven individuals trying to come together but when it's two spiritual or spiritual being um energies coming together then it's a union but you don't have to physically be in union to have that and i think so many people also are activated on a spiritual journey that involves another person or another soul. And that's another gatekeeper topic that people want to talk about and hate on. And I'm, I'm just always like, if you're not on the twin flame journey, you won't get it. It does sound weird. It does sound crazy to the outsiders, but that's why you were not chosen. You're not evolved enough to have been chosen for that. And I think that this doesn't set right with some people's ego that they weren't evolved enough to be chosen. So let's gaslight and hate on everybody who was. And listen, not to be a gaslighter or a hater, but not everybody that you meet is your twin flame or your soulmate. And I'm tired of seeing Linda all over Facebook with her new man every month talking about how she's met her soulmate and her twin flame. Please stop throwing around the words because it really confuses the rest of us. Well, I will be (laughs) honest. Soulmate is an underestimated term because like your animal could be a soulmate. Your mom could be your soulmate. Yes. But every Tom, Dick and Harry that you meet along your spiritual path is not your soulmate. They might have a soul intention with you. Maybe you have a soul lesson that you need to learn with them. I'll give you that your soulmate probably fucking not, but we do have a lot of non-romantic soulmates that, you know, that you connect with. So that term is not always a romantic term. And I do want to emphasize that. And I do think that there are a lot of readers, especially on TikTok, that just use the catchphrases that get views and that get likes. And I'll be honest, I have never fabricated a reading to get views or likes. And normally the ones that get the traction I was not expecting it to get the traction that it got. And I think that 
just people see things working for other people and they just want to do that too instead of trying to dive into their own healing and their own inner understanding they just do whatever they're seeing and that's why they're following broken roads of broken dreams but that's why those people who are so busy trying to emulate what somebody else is doing and do it that way you're never going to do it as good as the person that you're watching that you're saying I wish I could do that because you are not that person that is not your you don't have the same gift that that person has in the same way that they use that with the same experience and the same lessons it's just not going to happen that way and if you spend as much time trying to educate and elevate yourself as you are in looking at somebody and saying oh I, I could do that. What's so special about her? I could do that too. Okay. Well, you're not. That's true. You're not. And I think so many people are trying to fit a mold. That's not ever going to fit. It's like Cinderella, you know, trying to put a slipper on that ain't hers or the people in the kingdom trying to put it on and make it fit when it's for you and it fits, it's going to fit. And I think one thing that I emphasize a lot to my clients, my friends, what's for you, it's just going to be for you. You don't have to justify it. You don't have to fabricate it. You don't have to try to, you know, make it fit. It's just going to fit a natural flow, a natural connection. And that goes for really anything, whether it's a relationship, a job, a calling, a talent, whatever, it's going to come to you naturally. Although you will have to put the work in to develop it and to perfect it or to harness it, it's going to come to you. You're not going to go out there searching. It's not like a phone book of purposes and you're like, well, page 12 has something good and I'm going to do that. No, it's whatever is calling for you. Yeah. And don't have, I would say don't have time limits on things too. And we've talked about that before. When you have time limits on things, you're so anxious and worried about you haven't had this thing happen yet that you haven't even learned and, and noticed all the beautiful things and all the beautiful people and, and lessons that you've learned along the way and appreciated that. And if you don't show appreciation to spirit for every new thing that's positively coming into your life for every you know, trial or tribulation that's made you grow, you're not going to keep on getting more abundance because you don't appreciate the abundance that's being given to you anyways. And I think there are people who stay so um, like almost like with muddy eyes where like everything they look at is negative is because they don't feel that they're getting exactly what they're asking for. Therefore, the universe isn't looking out for them. Well, I think sometimes the universe just gives you the ingredients, but not the oven to cook it in or not the bowl to mix it in. Like you got the ingredients, but there's some other things that you got to find yourself. You got to go out there and, and do the damn thing. And, you know, once I started speaking on starting the podcast, I'll be honest, there was like 15 people like, oh, I'm about to start a podcast or I'm going to start a podcast. And it's like, okay, cool. And, and a part of me wants to think like, have they always wanted to do this? Or are they just saying this now or what? But I have noticed that people want to take the easier route to success. So if they see something working for another individual, they think, well, that well, that's what I'm going to do. And I think one thing I want to emphasize with, um, 
the connection that I've made with a lot of people coming into my life now is that we are, we're not competing. Like Gemini's success, my success, our successes, it's, it's not competition. And I think a lot of people in romantic relationships are competing within their relationship. And Ooh. that's why you're failing. That's why your relationship does not work. You are competing in your own fucking relationship. Somebody asked, and I made a video about this, but somebody asked my husband recently if it bothers him that I want to be the one to like make money and like follow my dreams and like I'm totally comfortable like coming down to support us. And if it bothers him that like um, I go online like half naked and whatever. And Brian was like, I don't compete with my wife. Um, I support my wife going after whatever goals, dreams she wants. If I want to do that for myself, I'm going to do that for myself too. And she's going to support that. So what am I going to do? Tell my wife, like, absolutely not. I'm the man and I'm going to make the money. He's like, I wouldn't have married a woman that was like that. And I knew she wasn't like that to begin with. Like, that's why. I am alpha AF and I like alpha people. Like I want an alpha man. Like I don't want to hang around weak individuals, weak-minded people. I like people who are, you know, loyal. They're loyal to whatever it is. And as a Taurus, loyalty is everything. There could never be too much of it. And I think that when you're in a committed relationship, if you're not loyal to your partner's success and loyal to helping them reach those levels of success, then you don't need to be in that relationship. And I think, you know, Jelly Roll has said it the best. And I will quote that man to the moon and back. He said, you know, why get a show pony and keep the pony in the cage? It's a show pony, go show it. And, you know, just using that analogy of like, why get someone who's alpha and beautiful and tapped in in some way and then want to put them in a cage and and not allow them to shine or allow them to be seen and I think that that's changed my whole perspective on every relationship that I was ever in because I'll be honest I always dated people who were beneath me so I could be on top and I yeah. could 10 steps ahead. And really that was coming from a place of insecurity. That was coming from a place of, well, I don't want them to be doing better than me. But now I'm like, shit, boo, whoever hits a million first, like the other person can stay at home. Like the other person can be the stay at home parent. See, but even with that being said, like I'll make jokes to my husband all the time where I'm like, I'll be your sugar mama. Like, don't even worry about it. But at the end of the day, like I do expect for you to hustle as hard as I do because I didn't marry some bum ass dude who's going to sit there and drink a beer on the couch while I'm out here working. That won't work for me. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, I do think that raising children is a whole job in itself. And so if there is an opportunity for me or my spouse to be staying at home with our children, and although obviously we would still have dreams and goals and visions, but like, if that's an option, I'm, I'm all for it. And I think that you and I both are creating lives that don't really feel like work. Like we aren't out busting our ass in a factory shout out to all those that do but I'm trying to build a life of ease and grace and harmony and that is me not chasing the bag but the bag is chasing me 
And I'm not in fear of lack or in fear of anything. I'm attracting clients or connections or the vibration that I want. And I'm setting the tone and I'm not allowing anything else to interfere with that. And so I think that anyone who's in a relationship competing is the biggest no-no and gatekeeping in your relationship. Like if you know someone is beautiful and talented and you don't want to let them be beautiful or talented, then why are you holding them back? Like, tell me that you're smothering the fire without telling me you're smothering the fire. Also, a human being is not your fucking property. And just because you marry somebody or you're in a relationship with somebody, that person does not belong to you where you get to dictate what they are, are not allowed to wear, do, say, whatever. I don't get nervous about what I say in front of other people, whether my husband's there or not, because I speak to everybody the way that I speak in my own house to him. Maybe it's a story he hasn't heard before, but he's not shocked. (laughs) Well, I think that in relationships, it's healthy to have your own dynamic that you both bring together, like yin and yang energy, like a balance of we are very different, but in other ways we connect on the same level. And I think that's why our friendship is working out so well. Cause like you said, at the beginning, we're very different people, but we have a common theme, like a common denominator of what we want in the world and what we want for our family and for ourselves. And so I think that having your own stuff going is important for a relationship to thrive. And I think one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone shapeshifts and molds into what they think their partner wants. And they have no hobbies and no goals and no nothing of their own, but they are molding and trying to be something to appease their partner or to attract that partner further. Because it's like looks and all that surface level stuff can only get you so far if your core values are very, very different you're always going to be on opposite sides of the team. I think that that even goes deep into this, like, you know, women being told that their purpose is to like make men happy and make men feel satisfied and to support a man. And it's a whole new generation of absolutely the fuck not happening out here. (laughs) And I am proud to be one (laughs) one of those people. But that starts, you know, that goes also into you know, changing once you're in a relationship, because there should be growth in relationships, but it should be both of you growing together. It shouldn't have been that you got with somebody who's like super, you know, let's say like super old school Italian where the woman needs to stay home and the man's like macho, whatever. And then all of a sudden the woman's trying to have a shift and being like, well, fuck my husband for not agreeing with that. They also have the right too to say, this isn't the kind of relationship that I got into with somebody who has these like goals and aspirations and desires. And so then that's when we also need to be comfortable with leaving situations that no longer serve us and being like, Hey, you helped me to evolve when I was at this point in my life, but I've done spiritual and personal growth and I need to move on and have somebody that's going to match that energy. Maybe that somebody is your own fucking self living out here in the free world, not being tied down to somebody, but there needs to be room and freedom for that too. I totally support that. I think so many relationships now are literally because of the two income household situation. I think so many people are in relationships. They're afraid 
to leave those relationships because they desire a two-income household, or maybe they have developed a certain lifestyle that they couldn't attain by themselves. I think so many people are in these dead-end relationships and marriages as well, but they're afraid to leave because of the comfort zone and the shift. So it's like, well, I'll just be miserable because I don't want to downsize my home or, you know, turn in my leased car or stop getting my nails done or whatever it is because they've gotten accustomed to that. Listen, that's fine, but don't come here complaining about stuff that you got going on and complaining about how life is if you're not willing to make changes to give yourself a life that you deserve because I don't feel bad for you. And I think that as a spiritual practitioner, we hear that same song and dance more times than not. Like, this is my situation. This is what's going on. And then you give them the tools, the resources, the insight. And it's like, but I can't do that because yeah, like, I don't want to do that. Like that, that involves me getting out of my comfort zone. That involves me being uncomfortable. That involves me going within. And so many people would rather just self-medicate and distract themselves. And I have totally been one of those people in the past because drinking is so freaking normalized in our society that, you know, I went to a concert with my dad last night and it was a kid rock concert. So obviously everybody's pretty hammered and drinking. And my dad was like, do you want to drink? And I was like, no, I don't drink anymore. He's like, you don't want just one drink. No, I just told you I don't drink anymore. You know, it's just so normalized that my dad, he's a happy drunk. So when he drinks, he's really fun and like just but social butterfly. So it doesn't bother me. But see, my mom, sometimes on the other hand, when she used to drink, she would get really sad and kind of depressed. So it's like, you know, why put yourself into the position to feel that way if it's not aligned with you? And like for my dad, it's a celebration. For my mom, it was like a, a depressant. So it's like, you know, know your body enough to know when something's triggering you in a negative way and then release that. And for me, alcohol made me very unmotivated. Like if I would have drank last night, I wouldn't have got into the gym this morning. I wouldn't have woke up at a decent time. Like, you know, I would be struggling probably right now recording this. It's like, do what's right for your body and not what's normalized by society because nine times out of 10, that ain't it. And I actually just had a conversation with Brian yesterday where I was like, you know, I'm not a drinker anyways, really. But I was like, I like, that's not something I need. I don't want to drink. I'll get stoned to the heavens all day, but I don't want to drink anymore. And I noticed when we went to this, uh, Chris Webby concert together, um, I like, I loved going out and like having drinks and watching the concert with him. But I realized afterwards that, the reason that I drank is because I was so uncomfortable being in surrounded by so many people and having that much energy that I wanted to numb myself before we got there. And then once we were there so that I could zone out and watch the show, but I, there becomes a point where like you're hyper aware. So like Brian would get up and go to the bathroom and I'm watching him like a hawk because I'm like, somebody going to try something with it. You know, like then you get like, you go from, yeah, like I'm numbed out and like, I'm just enjoying the concert to now I want to fight. 
and shadow side comes out that's what drinking does it brings your shadow out whatever well diana's shadow likes to box and if a grown man had talked to my husband sideways at the concert you know and i don't but sober me wouldn't do sober me wouldn't even worry about that i'd just be listening to the music and and trusting that everybody there is being taken care of and that everybody has good intentions with like a collective energetic energy because we're watching music and we're being positively influenced. Do you know what I mean? Well, I can second that because last night I was completely sober and um, I noticed like we left and we Ubered because I'm not going to drive my car downtown and, and all of those things. So we Ubered and we're waiting on an Uber and you know how that is. There's people everywhere. We're all trying to find our Uber. And there were so many couples that were like, maybe like two men, two women and arguing. Like one of no. the friends would be arguing with the other girl's boyfriend. I mean, I'm talking arguing and falling over. And, you know, I've really dived into alcohol and what it means and like why it's called spirits. And it's because it activates your lower spirit, like your lower energy. And your if you also drink alcohol, it puts holes in your aura and your aura is set to protect your energy and to protect your energetic body. But when all these holes are in your aura, depending on how much you've drank or what you've done, you are susceptible to letting shadows demonic energy, lower energies in. And that's an example. If you've known someone, which we all have, who gets super crazy, either just crying or violent or just some kind of activation within them, that is because they've lowered their vibration and that energy has now overtaken them. And it's more than likely a spirit. It could be an ancestor. It could be, you know, something from their shadow side, something from a past life, something that's attached to them that doesn't have that weight until they lower their energy. And then it's like, well, the door's open. I'm going in. And they say that the people who act like that, that become different people, they're literally being taken over by a different energetic being. Like they are legitimately being possessed and it's so socially acceptable. You have to think who came up with this and whose imagination am I living in that this is the world that's accepted. That this is the fucking world that is accepted. And why are we still not having weed legal every fucking where, but you can drink alcohol everywhere is my confusion because I don't know about you, but I've never known anybody who gets violent when they smoke. Um, never known anybody who can't, who is so impaired that they can't drive a vehicle and that they're going to hurt somebody. Literally. And then the places that it is legal, if you're caught smoking and driving, it's a DUI. That makes no sense. That makes no sense to me. I got a question for you. So, um, I got into the discussion with some people recently, um, about somewhere discussing, not drug testing officers anymore for cannabis and allowing them to smoke. And I didn't find an issue with that, but somebody that I was talking to said, well, I think that police officers shouldn't ever be able to use anything at all. And that weed would impair them from making proper choices and that they wouldn't be able to do what they need to do. What's your thought on that? I think that trauma 
and guilt and fear and anger will make someone do something that they shouldn't do versus weed because thank you like fear and you know childhood trauma and abuse would make a person be more violent or more susceptible to violence if they've grown up in environments like that so honestly I think that a real mental health exam even further into their ancestry in like their DNA and their immediate family surroundings should be tested. Like not only like if you want to be an officer, I think your mother, your father, your your siblings, everybody should have to go through the mental health test because if you are more susceptible to resort to anger or a lower vibrational state, you're going to let that spew over into your convictions and into your arrest. And, you know, being someone who is supposed to serve and protect the community. I think that even for politicians, there should be some mental health check that's a lot deeper than the department that's hiring you doing it. But like an outside unbiased company performing these. So what happens if they came from super traumatic childhoods and families that are good for nothing, but they have changed their whole life and would benefit the community. Well, I think that would show in the results of their own mental health check then. I got you. I get what you're saying. I agree with that. Also, you know, people in power sexually assaulting and hurting and all kinds of things, people that they bring into custody, never once have you heard, and they were stoned. Well, I think that when people smoke, it brings out a lighter energy, like a light energy that would create harmony and peace. And we'll just go ahead and say that in this realm, the darkness or the shadow side of this realm is that it thrives in chaos and fear. And, and when more people are in those vibrations, they're easier to control. Now that you've said that, I also want to talk about people who lead with fear-based mentality with their spiritual practice instead of trying to have a love and, I don't want to say love and light because I don't do love and light magic, but just like having positive intention. There are people who are so focused on like hexing other people or doing tit for tat I don't, I'm, I'm so focused on making sure that like, I'm bringing in positive people and sending out positivity. I'm not sitting there worried about maybe somebody has a negative something towards me and I better make a jar for them. Well, I see a lot of practitioners, um, teaching workshops on how to hex people like a whole ass workshop on it. I think that's negative. I think that creates a ripple effect that's going to come back to you and it's going to it's going to drag you down. It's like an anchor. You know, depending on how shallow the water is depends on if that's going to keep you still or not. So it's like, okay, cool. Throw your anchor out, but eventually it's going to stop you in your tracks. Like eventually everything that you're putting out there because say that person hexes someone and they die that blood's on your hands and not and that's the ripple effect yeah like not I mean like say you hex someone and they get in a bad accident or like you you've projected negativity onto them not only is that going to come back to you it's going to come back to every single person who showed you how to do that and that's why I'm not a, like a love and light practitioner I'm realistic 
but I also am like the Pluto and Scorpio generation along with you. We know how to dance in the shadows. Like that's what the whole theme of our podcast is, is that the unpopular opinion is probably unpopular because the darkness doesn't benefit from that. And when the darkness doesn't benefit from that, they distract you with something they do benefit from like fear or food or whatever that makes you feel vulnerable and out of control. That's what they want. They don't want people firm in their power and in their beliefs. They want to feed you a bunch of lies and bullshit so that you're under their spell. And think about, you know, when you are doing that practice, let's say that you are doing a, you know, a course where you're teaching people about hexing. You're feeding that negative energy because you are day after day after day after day hearing people's stories about how they're wronged and people are bad and they've been misguided and someone's taken advantage and they have to do this to get back at somebody. So day in and day out, you're hearing about all the negative that's going on in everybody's life. How do you have room for positivity, cleansing yourself, grounding yourself and putting positive energy out there when you're spending your day telling people how to get even with low vibrations? As well as people who wish ill intent onto anyone. Like, I'm going to be honest. There's people that are not my favorite people, but I, I want to see them thrive. I want to see them step into their power because maybe when they step into their power, I might actually connect with them. It's like, I don't like the energy vampire people, but if they got into their power, they probably wouldn't be that person. They probably would shift their message and their awareness. And I just think hurt people hurt people. So if you are learning dark magic, especially from a practitioner that you don't know a lot about, you are accumulating and making contracts with entities that I promise you, you don't want a soul contract with that you don't understand what kind of contract you're even getting into because you're manipulated to give them what they want. Also, I don't know why this came up in my mind when you were talking, but I can't stand when people describe other people as toxic people because I'm like, no, that person's not toxic. You guys don't mesh well together. Maybe it is a toxic interaction with you guys because there's two different intentions, but that's not a a toxic human being who doesn't have their own journey that they need to go through. So like, let's not put a negative taste in everybody's mouth because you can't handle someone's personality. Well, and I also think that, you know, like the terms narcissist and all of that has just been tossed around so much that every time something doesn't go someone's way, it's because, oh, well, they're a narcissist or they manipulated me. And not to invalidate people who have had those situations, because we all have, but not every friend or family member or person that you come into contact with that you don't get along with is a narcissist or is gaslighting you or is manipulating you. And I think, you know, right now there's an overload of information and not all of it is good information. And that's why we have emphasized to really do your homework on someone to see if you actually connect with them on a spiritual level. Like when you watch their content, what does your body tell you? Do you feel connected? Do you feel tapped in with that person? And I think that, you know, I can look at like a, a relationship from the outside 
and see all the holes in it. Like I, I just can, because I'm not biased. I'm not in the relationship, but people who are in those relationships can't see those holes. Not always. They don't want to see them. And I think that the more that you evolve spiritually, the more that you're aware of energy and the way it shifts and the way that it alternates between two people or between people. And I think that intention is truly everything. And if you just have good intentions for the universe, the universe will have good intentions for you. Not meaning that it's always positive, but it just means that what's coming for you is meant to come for you. I, um, I read something and this isn't going to be a good direct quote, but it said something along the lines of, are they being narcissists for, um, keeping their head down and following the path specifically guided for them? Or are you the narcissist for assuming that their path, uh, that they should have been walking their path with you in mind the whole time. And I, I saw that and was like, yeah, because that everybody is supposed to be worried about themselves and what they're doing. And yeah, you should be helping people around you, but I don't wake up in the morning and go, oh, I need to go and get breakfast. Oh, I didn't text, you know, Paige should have texted me and asked me what I was going to have for breakfast. And I think that that's where you just start taking responsibility that everyone has their own life and their own journey to navigate. And it's like the people that you meet in the middle and walk alongside are your people. It's not the people that you got to drag with you. It's not the people you got to run and chase. It's the people who choose to walk alongside of you that are your people. And if people would just take everything for face value when someone shows you their true colors the first time you take that to heart you take it to heart it's no I was you know I was drunk or I was under the influence or that wasn't me no baby that was you and I should have taken that for face value but I didn't and now look at us if you're gonna disrespect me when you're drunk the only reason you don't do it when you're sober is because you're not brave when you're sober and I think that anyone who who is different when they drink should not drink. If it brings negative energies and emotions out of you, you should not drink. Yeah. And yeah, no, I I couldn't agree with you more. And I want to say, I'm super grateful for the friend connection that we have because literally doing our own fit, we've never met for one. We live on opposite sides of this fucking country. (laughs) I'm in Idaho. You're in Kentucky. I'll be in Kentucky soon enough. You just wait. Um, but I can, we just check in with each other all the time. Like I can reach out to you and just be like, Hey, what are you doing today? And just check in real quick. And then we don't talk for two days and we're like, I miss you. What's going on. And we, the friendship that we have, we don't, uh, we don't sit there and talk about other people, what other people are doing, the negative things that happen. We might be like, girl, today was a difficult day. Like I'm just overwhelmed. But we're like, it's 11-11. I'm thinking about you. Oh my God, I pulled these cards. Look at what's coming in for the podcast. Or, you know, someone said something that made me think of you. I can't tell you how many license plates we send to each other because we just be seeing the signs from spirit. Um, But I'm grateful for that soul connection. And that goes into making a conscious effort of bringing people into your world who are meant to be there. And shout out to Bunny's podcast because you were on there and that's how we even got connected and then going into you have to put energy into things. I feel like spirit brought me watching that 
episode when I did for a reason and then booking an appointment with you for a reason. And it was booked. You were booked out girl. And I was like, I don't care. Like I'm going to wait. And then something crazy happened in my life. And that was when I needed your advice. So everything happened the way that it was supposed to, but I, I had to put work into booking the session and investing the money, not worrying about making money, investing the money into elevating and then, you know, going from there. And it wasn't, oh my God, Paige read my card. So she's my best friend now. And she knows what's going on with my life. And I can't wait. Like, uh, you know, (laughs) I mean, I think everything happens for a reason. And when I connected with Bunny, it was at a turning like pivotal moment for me that I was running on fumes. Like I had been doing free readings. Like I, I never really saw this as a business, but I was running on fumes. Like I knew that I was passionate about it. I knew that it was very important to me, but at that time, spirit had not revealed to me that I would have such a platform or following or connection with others because the goal was to work on the connection with my own family friends and immediate surroundings like that was the ultimate starter pack and if I didn't choose to go into that direction I wouldn't even have been at a level to be on her podcast yeah and now look at you you're about to go back for the second (laughs) time you've made all kinds of like connections with people who you just, I mean, you've totally been like, I just had like an amazing conversation with so-and-so they found me from the podcast and like, I made a new friend and that's what I've heard. I've heard so many positives in that way. I, and I have to say, I've never heard from you. Oh yeah. And my business grew so much as soon as I was on the podcast, like, yeah, that's amazing. Like, and if you had said that, like, I just, like that's obvious because people are seeing what you do and and whatever, but that's never, ever, ever been something that you pointed out in our conversations. It's always been the connections that you've made with people and how you feel so much gratitude for having brought in new people. And I, I love that. And I love that you bring that to the friendship that we have too. Yes. And I think when you go through the shadow work and you feel freaking alone and everything feels like it's crumbling, it is crumbling for a reason, because if I would have stayed in those one sided connections, I would have never saw the worth in my gifts or in myself to reach out to someone like Bunny and instant connection with her. And we've built a friendship and a bond that not only has changed my life, but I know it's changed your life. Like just that one instance has changed so many people's lives that I have several friends that I've met through her and through the podcast and just being able to connect with people on a soul level was all I ever wanted to do. And I feel like she opened the doors of the people who trust and and believe in her and believe in her message. And we realized that, you know, we're all trying, we all have our own battles. We all have our own demons and vices, but that doesn't mean that we can't elevate or that we can't grow into something beautiful. And I think anything that I've learned, I am more than willing to share that with other people. And, you know, before we wrap up today, shoot your shot. Like if you know someone or something that you may want to connect with or something you want to do, go shoot your shot. 
like take a risk and try to do that and connect with that person. Because nine times out of 10, you're going to make their day. Like if you put them on the pedestal and you tell them everything that they've done for you, more than likely it's going to go into your favor. And I think, you know, that's kind of how Jim and I connected. She was like, Hey, I started a podcast. I want you on my podcast. And I was like, wow, like, okay. And then the rest is history. Now we have a collaboration, you know, and the cool thing I want to emphasize about our connection is we both have our own strengths that we're going to bring into this podcast. And we have divvied out the, you know, obligations. Like we're going to make it a team effort versus, well, I do this and you got to do that. No, it's like, what are you good at? Okay. Well, that's, what's natural for you. Yes. You should do. Which is what should be going into any partnership. And I think that what's going to make us like so successful with this is the fact that like we talked about earlier, there is zero jealousy in anything that we ever do. Like it is literally, you're really good at that. If I want to learn how to get better at that, I just ask you, you know, or pay for your gifts. I need a new website. You're like, girl, I I got you. Like, let's do it this way. And you know, like that is your strength instead of being jealous and being like, well, fucking Paige has a great website and I can't get that. (laughs) Yeah. I just think that surround yourself with people that inspire you invite yourself to the table because if you're waiting for an invitation it's never coming you have to barge through the doors you have to skip the line and walk into the meet and greet like you fucking own the place and when you have the energy that you own the place people are going to look at you like you know something they don't and that's inspiring. Like I want to be in a room of people that are way more successful than me. Like every single time I want to be around people who are thriving in their own niche and can show me the way. I want to be in a room with people who are intimidatingly more successful than I am so that I can match energies with where they're at. And I think that closed mouths don't get fed. So everybody today, what we encourage you to go do is do something that literally scares you, something that feels vulnerable, something that feels intimidating, because that is where the most growth and the most magic is available to you. Absolutely. I think that's the best message you could leave anybody with. All right, you all, thank you so much for tapping in with us. And we really look forward to sharing this journey with you all. And we are just so grateful. Yeah, we're going to be dropping two episodes a month. So every other week, we're going to do episodes. Maybe as it starts to pick up more, we'll do more, I think. And it's just going to be us. Perfect. Thank you, beautiful souls. And we will talk to you all so soon.